0: So the economy seems to be tanking and the world changes seemingly every day or hour because of the coronavirus. Well, let's talk about how all of this is affecting real estate in this episode of House Maxing.
1: Welcome to House Maxing with Butch Zielinski, a podcast designed to help sellers get the maximum value from their home. Butch is a licensed real estate agent in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax results. Now, Butch Zielinski.
0: Welcome to the show. With me in the studio, as always, is the producer here at Minnesota Podcasting, Marshall Saunders. Hi, Butch. How's it going? Going well. Thanks, Marshall. Well,
2: it seems like uh, a lot of stuff is going on in the world. Within the past week, uh, we've gone from kind of a normal society, a little bit worried about uh, this virus going on, to everything shut down. And also we see a tanking stock market because of this and the government putting in what could be trillion dollars Mm -hmm. into uh, economic help for all of this. What is going on?
0: (laughs) Well, it's crazy. I think back a month ago when we did my first podcast to today. It's Absolutely shocking.
2: It didn't come up in conversation. It wasn't even something that we talked about.
0: It wasn't even on the radar screen. And so here we are a month later, like you said, hourly, daily, uh, really some dramatic events unfolding around the country. And then the question becomes, right, how is that affecting our industry here in Minnesota as well as nationwide?
2: How does it affect uh, real estate? Uh, Are we seeing any dramatic effects at this point on the – buying and selling that's going on in the world?
0: You know, my experience has been to date, you know, because we've had such a high demand um, and supply has been very limited, albeit more supply this year than last, Um, even a month ago, right? Showings were up 50% from -hmm. the year before. Then a couple weeks ago, they were up 33% from a year ago. And so now, right, the, la- the latest statistics will be interesting to hear about as REMAX International just asked for all open houses to all be canceled. All
2: open houses canceled. No all open, open houses.
0: House. REMAX International. So that's mm-hmm. all the REMAX agents and franchises essentially all over the world to not hold opens. Right. So you know how that will impact, um, you know, let's say, sellers' willingness to participate, to move forward with selling their home when uh, open houses are not allowed. That'll be interesting.
2: In the past, how has dips and weaves in the stock market affected real estate?
0: Yeah, you know, I think there's always, depending upon how dramatically the stock market is affected or the economy is affected or unemployment is affected – there are different levels of how it reacts to, to the real estate industry. Again, you know, real estate is stable. And so people tend to put their uh, money in homes long term. They live in them. They invest in them. Duplexes, fourplexes, what whatnot. Versus, you know, when the stock market, right, drops, you know, 2,000, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, thousands of points in a week – people get nervous. So sure. uh, real estate becomes an option for a number of people. That doesn't mean, though, that a number of people who might be looking to move, they may take a, a bit of a pause. Sure, because maybe they
2: uh, help pay for the whatever they're looking for out of their stock market uh, portfolio or something like that. That's right. Uh, but what you were saying before, though, about supply and demand, I think what you were making reference to is there is such a demand mm-hmm. that even if we kind of take a hit on the amount of demand, there's still a lot of demand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, It was my experience all through last year, 19, and even into this year before the, this drama. When I put a listing in the market, I would receive between three and seven offers. Now, mind you, that's of properties that have been properly prepared mm-hmm. and priced and presented, which we discussed in the earlier podcast. Right. But the demand far outweighs the supply to your point, so let's say that we do have you know three, four, five, six offers on a property and you pull twenty percent or twenty five percent of the demand out, you're still going to have three or four offers right mm-hmm. right so I think that's a valid point, and I think we'll stick with that for.
2: Down. Exactly. I mean, uh, what we're doing is reading tea leaves, and none none of us truly understands what's going to happen. But and I would imagine another thing is that even if it hurts sellers, it might only hurt the level of appreciation that they experience in a year. You know, like maybe they they would have experienced a appreciation of seven, and because of this. They experience appreciation of three. Right. That's a little different than actually losing value on their home. Yeah. And we've seen such great appreciation recently that th- that might kind of uh,
0: even all. Yeah, and I think that's a really valid point because y- you know, again, I I always refer back to two thousand eight, right? Right. S- like six and seven, same thing was happening. Right. We had multiple offers on everything, crazy prices well fast forward 2018 1920 same thing and so i think there could be uh, a leveling if you will which i don't not because of the virus i would never wish that sure, but my point course. is there may be a adjustment here right whereby to your point you know maybe there's 2 or 3% appreciation versus 7 to 10 or whatever right yeah
2: and there might be some opportunity in the fact that maybe prices take a little bit of a breather Uh, Maybe even in some price ranges it goes down. Of course, we all have to kind of acknowledge the fact that when we talk about opportunity, there's a real human cost. In 2007 through 2010, there was great opportunity in real estate, but it also meant that people were losing their homes and bankrupts and and just a real human cost. And of course, here the, the human cost is pretty obvious in the fact that not only will people get sick, they could die of this virus, and then also people in the re- restaurant business and, and hospitality industries are really being hit hard. But having said that, as a buyer, there might even be some opportunity during this time. Yeah,
0: I think so. I think there's no question there could be some opportunity. Again, depending upon um, the the depth of – the effect of employment numbers and and that sort of thing, layoffs, that sort of thing. It's interesting when you just we were, when you were talking, it, it brought up sort of a another thought for me about you know the markets whereby there are you know second and third homes, mm-hmm. such as Scottsdale or Palm Springs or what have you. A friend of mine was just out in Palm Springs looking at property to buy. There's an abundance of property available.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: So again, I think that there's a primary market, right, which we have here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, um, or the Twin Cities and throughout the state. We don't really have a second home or third home market, but it's an interesting – Yeah, maybe when you look at –
2: Northern Minnesota, and you talk about cabins or something like that, but uh, a lot of those are legacy properties anyway, and they're not necessarily, you know, kind of a hot market like, and, you know, to your point, look at the areas that were hit so hard during 2007, eight, nine, uh, Scottsdale and Southern California, those secondary home markets were really Mm -hmm. plummeted.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: You know, you mentioned that REMAX International out of Denver and they, have 150-some thousand agents worldwide that they canceled open houses altogether. What real effect does that have on a seller? As far as does that really hurt the amount of demand for a home to not have open houses? What what real effect will that have?
0: Well, well, no, (laughs) no, no. Let's talk about that a little bit. The the whole uh, perception, right, that opens, sell houses, opens, make, properties available for people to come through who are likely represented already. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it easier for them to get in to look at the property. Okay. Right. So um, opens by themselves do not inherently increase the value or even bring more offers. Mm-hmm. So really it's just, um, and, and, and some agents would maybe disagree with me. Mm. And then, so maybe they're advising their sellers Well, yeah, let's wait.
2: On that same token, though, there's a lot of real estate agents that absolutely don't do No, that's right. They they just refuse to. And
0: I, uh, to be honest...
2: (laughs) Where do you fall on that? Well,
0: you know what? (laughs) I I didn't for... I did for many years, and I was very successful. And then I I didn't for a number of years, really. And now, to be honest, like I've started, as it's sort of fun for me, Mm -hmm. when I take a property and, you know, prepare it beautifully house max it price it it's fun for me to see the reaction more than anything so it's kind of a thrill for me to see people react to my work and my sellers yeah well
2: you're a bit of an artist and that's your opening right that's like a gallery opening it's not necessarily there to sell the house you're you're taking credit for the artistry that you did
0: yeah yeah, no (laughs) no i I think there's some truth to that so yeah
2: (laughs) you do a lot of work to prepare homes for sale Are you noticing any problem in getting labor lined up or getting uh, workers lined up for doing some of that work?
0: You know, we just finished one. Um, I just sold it on a one-time showing, actually, before it even reached the market. So I don't know. I've got another one coming up that (laughs) I've got to get some guys in. And I, I sort of have the people that I work with consistently. So I'm confident that, you know, my carpet guy, he works alone. So there's no issue there. Sure. My painters, they can work in different rooms. And so I think I don't see a problem at all. It may slow it a bit, but I don't really think much at all. So that's fun for me to know that you know, I can continue my work regardless of what's going on, um, given that you know, we don't have any further, what shall I say, dis- disintegration of the economy.
2: What are the early indicators for real estate sales? Do you look at okay the number of showings or the number of calls off of Zillow or hmm. or how does that you know don't, like what, what don't say it? Zillow please <laughs> bad, bad <laughs> words <laughs> but uh, what uh, what's the earliest indicator that you have that oh boy the market's really slowing down
0: showings okay you know showing so back to the point so you know uh, a robust market right you'll have five or ten or fifteen showings. The first day something's on the market, so you can gauge again um, based on that um, ultimately the interest and then any offers. so you know that could easily be cut in half, mm-hmm. and we'd still be fine. But if it's more than half, you know we may be having a different conversation next month.
2: Sure, so it starts with number of showings, then it trickles down to uh, number of offers. And then home sales.
0: Yeah, and I think that I think that you know when somebody looks at a property, right? There's looking at it, and then a second look, and then maybe bringing family members, right? And so where the doubt comes in is, you know, when somebody might bring on a mom or dad or brother, sister, or friend, whomever, they may be nerved up mm-hmm. about what's going on. They may affect the decision of that buyer. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes um, decisions are made by committee with some buyers. Right. And in that case, democracy, right? If you've got two or three people saying, oh, I don't know, you know, your job, you might be getting laid off, blah, blah, blah. And the, but the buyer's like – so right. who knows the impact of these perceptions sure. going on? Yeah.
2: Now, you've been in the real estate business for a while. Is there any time that kind of uh this harkens back to have you experienced something I you know immediately thought of 911 or the you know real estate crash that was uh in 2007
0: 8 the trade tower right that was just so horrific and it was uh you know for me I don't remember that affecting my business at all mm. It affected me emotionally just tremendously. It was insane. In fact, I still like – when I'm flying into New York, I still cry. Honestly, it's insane. But I don't remember it impacting – I remember Logan, my son, being young. I remember seeing the footage, but I don't remember the fallout. I don't recall if there was any real tangible fallout to business, to be honest. Hmm. But, you know, September 2008. Holy – yeah. And so – I'm 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 really hoping that you know that was a different scenario in many ways, but then also I just get the feeling I'm getting this feeling of the government stepping in, providing you know bailouts, put you know potential bail bailouts to industries and blah blah blah, and it, uh, so. the jury's out. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. Like you said, tea leaves, total tea leaves here. So I'm hoping that, you know, within a period of time, 30 days, that we get a sense of if this virus is flattening. If it's flattening, I think we'll be okay. If this doesn't flatten in 30 Mm -hmm. or 60, you know, and companies start laying off. And people, so uh, I think the impact could be uh, you know, quite crazy, but I'm optimistic. I'm always optimistic, but <laughs> I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful.
2: Well, I, I think the government is stepping in to try to avoid a deflationary spiral, right? Yeah. That suddenly yeah. somebody, so many people are making less money and therefore they're buying less stuff and therefore the manufacturers can make less stuff Right. and therefore they have to lay off people and it just yeah. goes downward, downward. And sometimes it's very difficult
0: to stop those spirals. One example, Simon Properties and like the Mall of America, right. 40 million people go through the Mall of America every year. It's closed indefinitely. Yeah. Simon Properties, closing malls all over America, restaurants closed, people like, so we're, we're talking about like almost a mandatory shutdown of our economy. Right, And so that can't be sustained for very long without some catastrophic consequences from my perspective.
2: Yeah, and people stop uh, being able to buy homes and they stop paying rent. I mean <laughs> that's right. there, there is a, a disastrous consequence. So that's right. I think that's what the government money is intending is to calm those waters so that they don't become uh, a deflationary spiral, a kind of a whirlpool downward.
0: That's right. That's okay. right. We need, to get, we need to get bodies back in the economy, mm-hmm. in restaurants and shopping and spending money. And so, But if they're sequestered into their homes, right, this is a problem.
2: I would imagine the effects would be different based on different price ranges. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I think that that's true to a degree depending upon – yeah, I think so. Although it's interesting, right? So are your first-time homebuyers, um, are they going to be affected the most – because of, you know, maybe they have less seniority or first jobs mm-hmm. or what have you. Do they lose their jobs first? So are we looking at sort of a, um, you know, 250 to 450 price range? Is that going to be most affected? Or is it middle management again? Or if there is any middle management left after 2008, right. I'm not sure. So it's going to be an interesting scenario because so much changed as a, as a consequence of oh eight. So it'll be interesting to see how it will affect uh, this economy and employment ultimately.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting. I think probably on the lower end, uh, the, the less expensive homes, it becomes more of an employment issue. Are I you think, employed? Do you have a steady yes, job? That's Do you right. have feel comfortable that your job will still be there? Correct. Whereas when you're talking about a million-dollar-plus mm-hmm. property yeah. – then the stock market becomes a little that, bit more. That's like, right. What's my portfolio doing? Correct. Um, do I have any ability to loan against it? Do I have yes. cash to take out?
0: Right. That or am I going to spend? Like, okay, enter the market. It's a you know, right. They've cash. Maybe net worth five or ten million. Are they going to spend? They were looking at houses at one five to two. Are they moderating down to a million to million five? Right. So yeah.
2: Exactly. That's the question. That kind of pushes down the market. Exactly. What about new construction? Have we seen any kind of curtailing of housing starts over the last uh, week?
0: Well, it's interesting. So (laughs) I just happened to – I've got an opportunity for um, one of my builders, some very longtime friends of mine on a property in Edina that will be subdivided into two beautiful lots. So I called my builder yesterday and asked him if he was interested and he said, absolutely, I am. So he said – what are you seeing? And I explained to him, you know, sort of what I see in the resale market. And he said, Butch, I literally, he's got one that he's putting up uh, near the 50th and France area. And a relocation buyer got very close, like literally he thought they were going to write an offer. And then he received a um, notice from them that they were going to rent for a year and hold off to see what happens with this whole, uh, coronavirus situation. So, mm. for him, he didn't sell a million one spec home uh, as a direct effect of what's going on.
2: Uh, and think of all those subs, right? There's that's right. Any number of that's oh, right. What probably close to forty or fifty subs that work on a, a new construction home. And and you know what? The market bounces back in yes. a couple of weeks. I'm sure that'll sell to somebody else, and yes. we all kind of go about our way. Again, if it lasts, you know, six months or something like that. That's right. That and 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 that becomes a permanent no on that home.
0: Yes, that's Suddenly right.
2: All those subs have lost their money. Well,
0: too. and bear in mind, right, that in certain areas of Minneapolis and Edina, the tear down, new build frenzy is very much alive. Right. You've got over in Longfellow and Standish and areas like that, where you know near the river. Um, from 46th all the way up to Franklin, you know, within four or five blocks of the river, my builder is putting homes up and selling them as fast as he can in this five to seven range, like maybe now six to I don't know, but, it, right. you know, in that half a million plus range and they're gone before he builds them. And so that particular marketplace, but there's multiple builders doing multiple things in all these neighborhoods. So if it does slow, now you don't have, you not only have my builder and his three or four homes, but you have another five or 10 builders in their three or four homes. Sure. So if this does continue, we are going to have a number of new construction homes available.
2: More, more
0: supply. More supply. And hopefully the <laughs> demand keeps going. That's right. Yeehaw. Yeah.
2: Well, I really appreciate you kind of talking us through this. This is a a weird time and it's good to have kind of calm voices that have seen a thing or two to know how to navigate this.
0: Yeah. Well, it is a weird time. My nearly 40 years, I've been through it all. This too shall pass. We'll be okay. It's just a new frontier that we're all trying to figure out and be respectful of one another in this, this virus. And, uh, Hopefully next month we'll have uh, a podcast with some positive spin.
2: Yeah, well, we'll be saying, okay, so now that we're past that, <laughs> oh, yes. where do we go now? <laughs> please,
0: yes, please. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Really Thank you, Marshall. It.
0: Appreciate you. Thanks. If you have a question or comment that you'd like included in an upcoming podcast, please call us at 612-352-9177. That's 612 612-352- 352 Let us know in your message what show you're calling about and know that we may use your recorded message in a future podcast. And please hit subscribe on whatever podcast source you found us on and rate and review our show as we are always looking to hear from our listeners. Thanks for joining us.
1: This has been House Maxing with Butch Zielinski, a podcast designed to help sellers get the maximum value from their home. Butch is a licensed real estate agent in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. You can find him online at butchzelinsky.com And Zelinsky is spelled Z-E-L-I-N-S-K-Y. If you'd like to share a comment or question on an upcoming podcast, call 612-352-9177. Again, that's 612-352-9177. Make sure to tell us to which show you are calling to contribute, and please know that we may include your voice recording in future episodes of this podcast. House Maxing is produced by Minnesota Podcasting and recorded in their St. Paul studios, and they can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individual participants and may not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Remax Results or Minnesota Podcasting.